the man when it comes to at the Athletic Toronto. I think that's actually on his business card. James Myrtle, the man. And he joins you right now on Toronto Today. What's going on, Myrtle? Not much. What's up with you, Wheeler? Is that accurate, or do you not carry business cards? No, I haven't had business cards in quite a while, to be honest. Yeah, they don't. Uh, I did get asked for one on the weekend, but it's not very often that you do. Right. Random people ask me for one. I'm like, dude, I have not had a business card. I can't even remember the last business card I had. But if you did have one, it would say the man, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't think so. No. That, that's the more important part. Uh, good to catch up, James. We haven't chatted all summer. Hope you're doing well. And obviously, Tavares Mania has taken over this city. And the hype train and is going. I think we're all aboard. But are the Maple Leafs still a move or two away from really cementing that contender status? Uh I would be comfortable saying they're one of many contenders in the NHL right now. Obviously, if you can add, you know, as you said off the top, a a top pairing D, I mean, that's going to really push them into the upper echelon of the NHL. No, they're probably the fifth best team in the NHL right now or fourth best. I mean, they finished seventh last year. Um, Didn't change a whole lot other than adding John Tavares, which is obviously a big piece. Um there is a big hole there, especially on the right side on the blue line. I mean, the, the thing is, is it's really hard to find that piece. I mean, there really wasn't anything available in free agency. Um, and any kind of a trade for a guy who's going to be a surefire top pair right shot D, you're going to be giving up a lot. So you're going to be subtracting something from the roster. And, you know, I I think that they should still do something. But I think we have to be realistic that it's going to be hard to, to get the exact piece that they need right now. Okay. Um, would you agree with me that right now, because of this Tavares signing, they put themselves in win-now mode? Yes. We're, we're, yes, we're both on board with that, right? Y- yes. Um, and I think part of the problem is that they're doing business in a league where we're not seeing teams take big swings like we are, as we've seen in the NBA. Teams are much more conservative. There haven't been a whole lot of big trades that have been consummated over the course of this offseason. So I need to take into consideration the environment that they're playing in as well. But isn't this where your advanced scouting um, and basically your knowledge of other teams and their depth really comes into advantage? Like, your job now is to mine what you require on your roster to take you up a few notches. And I just look at that on the back end, James. I have a hard time believing it's impossible for the Maple Leafs to upgrade their back end as it stands right now. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think that they need to use the tools that they've got, you know, including the analytics, including their pro scouting, and try and find some unheralded gems that could come in. And you look at what Vegas did last year with the blue line. It was only making $10.5 million with their top six. You know, they did that with a lot of guys, Colin Miller and Nate Schmidt and uh, Shea Theodore and uh, Braden McNabb. I mean, you you got to try and find pieces like that that can play higher in the lineup than their teams think and that other teams around the league think. And make uh, a kind of a, a value deal like that. I mean, if they can bump one of Zaitsev or Hainsey further down the lineup on the blue line, I think that they get a lot stronger. And I, I think sometimes it's over-exaggerated how bad, quote-unquote, bad the Leafs D is. I mean, they're probably in the middle of the pack or maybe just outside that. But it's it's obviously still a weakness. And it's a weakness because, you know, you think about what deep pair do you want to have out there when the game's on the line or you're trying to shut down a star player on the other team. And there's not really a great answer for that. And, you know, I almost wonder if they go into the year, they see what they've got, uh, October, November, 
uh, and somewhere between December and the trade deadline is when they, they, they've got the cap space. They could potentially trade their first-round pick or they can trade a young player. I wonder if that's what they do, and they look and see what's available there in the midseason, uh, if it's uh, still a glaring need at that point. Right. Um, look, I'm not even in that category where the Maple Leafs need a top-pairing defenseman. I just want some players that can actually go out mm-hmm. there and defend. Mm-hmm. Like, you're putting way too much pressure on Freddie Anderson, and Tavares signing for me does very little to solve that. And I understand that you defend in fives, not twos, James, but Frederick Anderson made over 100, over 100 more saves than any other goaltender in the NHL last year. I mean, you're, you're one of these guys that look at trends and stats. I mean, that's not sustainable, is it? No, he's played too much. He's played too much both the last two years. He started... 66 games the last two years and that put him second in the league last year and you know the trend is moving away from goalies playing 65 plus games in the NHL and with good reason I mean the schedule is super packed with 3.1 3.2 games a week in the league Um, I think you're going to see Anderson play less I think that potentially I think probably Garrett Sparks who was the AHL goalie of the year is going to be the backup and that he's going to take on more of the load but I also think that having Tavares does make the Leafs better defensively. I mean, he's a huge upgrade over Tyler Bozak. He gives them all right. of a sudden three really good lines. Um, I, I just think that the Leafs are going to be a better two-way team. But I, I hear what you're saying. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Dubas wants to get a look at some of the Marley's defensemen. He thinks he's got some unheralded gems in there and that a Justin Hall or uh Callie Rosen or some of these guys that played really well in in the Marlies winning the Calder Cup if he thinks that maybe they have a shot maybe he wants to see what they've got in training camp and I expect that at least one of those guys is going to make the team and and contribute and whether or not they can play um in a second pair capacity like you're kind of saying up maybe upgrade around there as opposed to just the top pair I I don't know but I wouldn't be surprised if they want to get a look at, at those guys in those roles. And, and that's a great talking point right there. It's James Myrtle, editor-in-chief of The Athletic Toronto, joining us here on Toronto Today. I'm Wheeler. He is at Myrtle. And when uh, Kyle Dubas came on our airwaves after making the Tavares signing, he said, we can still keep all of our big guns. You can still keep Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, uh, Marner, etc. Uh, over the long term. But if you sign there, then what you need to do is sacrifice elsewhere, and you really need to rely upon your farm system and your AHL team to provide requisite talent to fill other holes in the lineup. So it might not be sexy like going out and making a big trade, but if you're going to structure your lineup and your salary cap that way, then you really need to rely upon the AHL side, don't you? Yes. There's no 100%. other way. There's no other yeah. way. Yeah, and you got to find unheralded gems and you know, Justin Hall, if he can play at the NHL level, they signed him to a two-year deal for right near the league minimum of $650,000 a year. So, you know, if he can play, even if it's 14 minutes a night and contribute, you know, that's a huge win for your salary cap for sure for the next two years. So they're going to look for all kinds of things like that. Um, and I wonder if, too, with the blue line, what they're going to be looking for is guys that can just get the puck back and get it to their really talented forwards and get it out of their zone as fast as they can. And it doesn't necessarily have to be make a big hit or make an amazing play or anything like that. It doesn't have to necessarily be pretty. Um, the way that the Marlies defense played all year is that they really activated the D and they would skate the puck out and they would move it quickly. And, you know, I think that they've got 
the the wingers and the centermen now that they're going to be able to make those plays in the neutral zone and 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 turn it into a, an offensive chance. Um, so that's that's what Kyle Dubas is going to be looking for. Sure. I mean, but, but James, we can acknowledge that the AHL and the NHL aren't like for like. No, they're not. But I mean, a lot of those guys that contributed on that Vegas team were playing in the AHL. I mean, Shea Theodore would played his whole year, almost his whole year in the AHL the year before, and then all of a sudden he was a second pair guy in the NHL. So what we're seeing in the NHL is that. It's it's changing really fast, but there's a lot of turnover year to year. You know, it's a huge percentage of the year that's jumping from junior or Sweden or Russia or the AHL into the NHL every season, and then you're seeing guys that are 30 plus are getting pushed out faster and faster. So, you know, I think I think part of what we're seeing is that the speed of the game means that the league needs to get is, is getting younger, and part of getting younger just means guys from the AHL are making that jump faster. Right. The, the concern is that a Frederick Anderson takes a step back, your goaltender doesn't do the job, and you start looking a lot like the Dallas Stars. Don't you to a certain degree? Um, and, and I say that because when push came to shove in the playoffs, this Maple Leafs team, after not giving up seven goals all of, throughout the regular season, gave up seven goals twice in a seven-game series. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's a different style, a little bit of a diff, more aggressive brand of hockey. Like, look, I'm not concerned about the Maple Leafs during the regular season. This team has enough talent to see your way through to be a very good regular season team. But in the playoffs, when you got to come out of a division featuring the Lightning and the Bruins, that's why, for me, you need something different on the back. And I'm just about keeping it simple, James. Defensemen who can defend. That's where the priority should be. Well, I mean, I think you make a good point with Anderson where the last two years he's been outplayed in the first round of the playoffs. You know, Braden Holtby was better than him two years ago. Uh, and the Bruins goaltending, Rask, was better than him uh, this time around. So... You know that with the way that the Leafs are constructed and with how many opportunities they give up, that can't be the case. I mean, you, you're going to need your goaltender to either outplay the other goaltender, or you're going to have to get better defensively, or both. And I'm sure they're going to work on that. And I wonder if what we talked about earlier, where you dial back Anderson's workload during the season, if that's going to help him execute better when you get to April. I just, it just felt like they played him in so many meaningless games down the stretch. They essentially had third in the Atlantic locked up in early February and they kept playing <laughs> yeah. Anderson more and more and more right. and, and and they played Ron Hainsey a whole bunch and it just felt like they should have dialed everything back and you look at the Atlantic and I mean maybe the Florida Panthers take a step and challenge but it feels like it's going to be the same three teams there again and the Leafs are going to be locked into a playoff spot relatively early they need to be I think a little bit more proactive in resting guys. Right uh, Panthers could be that team that closes the gap if Luongo's healthy and can still play at a high level but uh that remains to be seen. My my only question, just in terms of players who are still on this roster, I, I mean, the Maple Leafs went into last season. We all saw it coming from a mile away. JVR, Komarov, Bozak, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. All three of their contracts were run out, but all three can be replaced relatively easily, and especially when you bring in a Tavares instead of a Bozak. That is a significant upgrade right there. But now Jake Gardner's going into a contract here on the back end. He's coming off a miserable finale to his playoff season, and I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been moved out yet, James. Um, Could you see this scenario playing out just like it did for the aforementioned three, where you just keep a hold of Gardner and then replenish internally uh, next year? I guess it could happen. I I think that this new management team with Dubas and Brandon Pridham and Lawrence Gilman is going to try and not lose good players for nothing in, in free agency. So 
that would mean either de- de- deciding right now that either you want to sign Jake Gardner to a new to a contract extension or moving him and, and getting something back. So I would be surprised if, like, if you keep walking guys to free agency every year and then losing them. Jonas Siegel and I have had this argument over and over again. He said it's fine if you keep them and let them walk. But if you do that year after year after year, you're shedding talent and you're not bringing anything back in. So I think at the very least you explore what does he want in a contract extension and are you comfortable with that? And then you also explore what is he available for in the market. And if you can get something that is equal value to Jake Gardner, which might be a difficult trade to make, but if you can, then I think you got to think about it because you don't want to be taking key pieces of your team. And regardless of how poorly he played in the playoffs, he is a key piece of their team. You don't want to keep losing those for nothing. So the tough thing is you look at contracts guys are signing around the league, like what Matt Dumba got from the wild the other day, Jake Gardner can in on the open market is worth a lot more money than I think a lot of people in Toronto think he is. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to spend that money on Jake Gardner. We know what Jake Gardner is, and we know what certainly he is not. That's why I'm still surprised that he's still part of this team, and unless you believe that he is a key ingredient to putting together a Stanley Cup contender, uh, I would move him right now. I would have no hesitation in doing so, James. I know that Gardner's agent, Pat Brisson, the same agent as, as John Tavares, has, has met with Kyle Dubas and talked about Jake Gardner's contract. So it's it's on their radar. I'm sure that management just wants to know what he's asking for, and, and they can make the decision whether or not they want to meet, meet that price or not. Interesting. Uh, great catching up, James. I know that this is kind of the dry period for Hockey Talk, but we want to keep this going. There's a lot of excitement uh, about Tavares, and there's no point of putting it to the back burner until the fall. So uh, let's continue to have this conversation. Thanks for joining me, pal. Really appreciate it. And no matter what anyone says, you are the man. All right. I appreciate that. Thanks, pal. Good to chat with you. James Myrtle, editor-in-chief of the Athletic Toronto at Myrtle.